if you're just joining for the first time uh, here at BitLectro Labs, we like to throw a Twitter space every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Kind of get your week started, you know, a little Tuesday grind. You get through the Monday to start your Tuesday off right. We th- uh, host a panel discussion, and today is no different. We have a very, very fun panel today on brands slash universal development in nfts a very cool panel of guests and we are so excited to kick it off today so without further ado i would love to introduce you all to the co-founder of bitlectro labs uh gabriel allred gabe how are you good morning feel free to unmute say gm to everyone and let's get this started off gm thanks for joining us everyone i'm a little under the weather today but i'm hanging in uh, so Jason and G will probably be taking more of the lead today, but I've got a few questions that I uh, put together specifically for this panel. So thank you all for being here. This is so exciting. So what I think it would be the best idea would be everyone right now to kind of go around and give a quick little 15 second introduction of yourself. Um, so that's just kind of get it started off. So let's see, I'm going to kind of scan through. How about Mumbot, if you don't mind, unmute. Feel free to introduce yourself from the room. We'll kind of go around like a little circle, and then we'll get started with some questions. Oh, okay. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, my name is Mumbot, and I am an artist and toy designer, and I make NFTs. Um, yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's my quick one. I did. That was perfect. That was perfect. I'll throw the rock right now to Sound Mint. Feel free to unmute. Let's kind of make our way through the panel and introduce yourself to the rest of the room. Hey, everybody. My name is Andre. I'm excited to be on this. Um, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I st- I'm one of the founders of uh, Sound Mint, a generative audiovisual music NFT platform um, that was founded about two months ago. We just did our first drop in January, which sold out, and now we're working on our uh, on our next uh, our next drop in the in the airdrop feature. Fantastic. I'm excited to dig into that a little more. We got a couple people from Consensus NFT here. I'm going to throw the rock uh, a little lob and feel free. Either of you would like to pick it up and introduce yourself. Uh, we are very excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'll go quickly and then let Tyler go. Um, I am Jana Powell. Really excited to be here. Um, I'm global co-head of Consensus NFT along with Tyler. Um, I've been at Consensus for about four years now and, and just excited to hear what everyone has to say and excited to engage the community. Yeah, I can go second. Thanks, Jana. Uh, co-lead NFTs at Consensus with Jana. Tyler Mulderhill here. Um, sold my last company, Trium, um, to Consensus to help start this business unit. Um, we do all things NFTs, both really guttural cool things like Euler Beats or Euler, as most people pronounce it, um, to super... Um, triple a type ip property uh, nft drops very cool very cool also very excited to dig into that more i'm gonna throw the rock right now over to chip toast and uh feel free unmute yourself and introduce yourself to the rest of the room hey guys this is gaper the co-founder of chip Dose. Um, our project is, is mostly computer power oriented i started the project with a physical motherboard sculpture uh, we had a Genesis drop that sold out in August, and now we're working on a third, uh, bigger drop that, uh, you know, hits upon our theme with the the computer parts. Very cool. Very cool. Again, this is going to be a very very cool panel discussion. So many different tastemakers in the room. And uh, speaking of taste, we have hot dogs in the room. Hot dogs, feel free to unmute yourself. The hot dog NFT of the world coming out. I'm so excited for this. Feel free to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah. 
Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Chenko. I'm one of the artists um, from Hot Dogs. Uh, we're describing ourselves as four goofballs um, <laughs> dressed in hot dog suits. Uh, we are Hot Dogs NFT, which is a collection of 6,969 6, editions of Doug, who's an endearing hot dog living in a world of hungry humans. Um, D- Doug survives by donning elaborate disguises to blend in with the world around him. Uh, we're minting on March 8th, coming up soon. I'm going to have some hot dog questions for you in a little bit, including how you dress your own hot dog. So I'm excited to dig into that. Uh, last guest on the panel before I throw it back over to G from Bitlectro Lab, Superstars NFT. Feel free to unmute yourself, introduce yourself to the rest of the room. What's going on? You got X and Ivy here from Party Shirt. So pretty much Superstars NFT is we're bringing our brains and brands over from TikTok. We got 21 million followers there. And we've just been in the space for a while. So we wanted to create something for creators, artists, musicians, and also our fans, let them participate in sort of our journey and the stuff we do, like our upcoming movie, book, TV show, and just bring something cool and new to the space. What is good, y'all? We we got one more uh, one more guest. How could I forget our our uh, friends? Our they've joined us before on the panel. We have Joe from Society of the Hourglass. I missed the hourglass sitting there right in the middle of my screen. Joe, feel free to unmute. I would love to inter- have you introduce yourself to the rest of the room. Man, I was about to be a sad panda. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? It's all good. All good. GM, everybody. Uh, I'm Joe, one of the co-founders of the Society of the Hourglass. I see uh, Josh, one of my co-founders in the audience. Uh, we're a uh, we're a collection of 8,888 characters kind of traveling through time. We're, we're on a mission to recreate the magic of Saturday morning morning cartoons with NFTs. So really excited to dig into uh, what we're going to talk about today. We, we did our first drop back in January, sold that out, gearing up for our Chapter 2 Mint in the not-too-distant future. So yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Hey, and we're stoked to have you up here on stage as well. Well, without further ado, I would love to introduce you to another co-host of Topical Tuesdays from uh, the Electro team himself. Please put your hands together for G, ladies and gentlemen. G, feel free to unmute, introduce yourself, and let's get this panel started. Hey, hey, uh, G here, uh, head of social media and curation for Electro Labs. Uh, let's go ahead and get this started. Uh, so branding is so integral in the NFT space. Could you all please give us a brief 10,000-foot uh, overview into what went into building your brands? Um, let's go ahead and toss it to uh, Mumbot. Could you, sorry, could you ask that question again? Yeah, sure. Uh, can you give a brief overview of what went into building your brand? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I do a lot of story and world-building, character design and development, um i've been working on my brand for over 10 years um so it's it's been like a it's been a passion project that i've been slowly building and um uh i would say everything that i've been doing like putting out um the illustrations the designs the merch um and bringing it out into the world like doing events like Five Points Festival, Designer Con, um, different toy-related trade shows overseas, like in Taiwan and Thailand and um, Japan. Um, all of that stuff has gone into, has contributed to me building my brand and um, as well as now um, NFTs. So um, 
I would say like having, you know, experience having putting, putting out like the art has helped inform what to do with like my toys and my plush. And um, also I think NFTs, I, I'm sorry, I like, I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, ha- NFTs has helped like really expand the universe and like where it can go. So um, yeah, this, hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, having a multi-pronged approach, especially in 2022 is so important uh, between NFTs, toys and plushes. That's awesome. Uh, society, how about you? Oh, sorry, struggling to unmute. Um, yeah, I mean, brand is an interesting conversation because it, I think we often talk about it in terms of outputs and deliverables and perceptions, but I think it's more just kind of an ongoing relationship. At least that's how I look at it. Um, when I think about the brand that we're building, uh, we, you know, we, we have visual assets, obviously, there are aspects of the collection that we're um, you know, leaning in and expanding on and refining things like logo and identity. But really what we're trying to do is build a reputation of fun and engagement and value, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, really just trying to evolve and, and let that come to life as we engage with our community and our audience. <clears throat> excuse me, a little, little hung up in my throat. No worries. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, my, personally, my background is in brand development. Before Web3 and NFTs, I had founded and, and run a, a print and brand agency. And so, we, we thought about this a lot in the context of brand as relationships and promises. You know, one of the things that we've been you know, tried, at least tried to be really intentional about at the Society of the Hourglass is building a reputation with our community of building out in the open, being transparent, you know, not, not over promising. We've got a lot of really ambitious plans, uh, a lot of really exciting plans that we, we very much view as a part of our brand. And as we think about how to express those ideas and bring them to life through the ways we engage with our community, whether it's through events or marketing or things we do in the discord or the drop itself, those are all aspects of the brand and it's this evolving creature. And, uh, you know, as we grow as an IP and as a community, I think that brand is going to take on new and interesting uh, personifications. And so again, I guess backing up, I I think we look at brand as, and our brand specifically as an evolving relationship with the the people in the space. So just really excited to continue exploring that as we, as we continue to grow. That's really cool to hear. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a word for that, but I'm just going to coin one right now. Brand elasticity. Let's go. Um, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Soundman, um, let's talk about uh, what went into building your brand. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so so we're relatively still pretty new when it, come, when it comes to the branding side, although um, I started a company previously, um, <clears throat> founded and started a company called Trap Nation. Um, and Trap Nation is really uh, oriented. I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with it, but it's a YouTube channel that promotes and um, markets uh, undiscovered electronic talent to 30 million subscribers. Um, but that YouTube channel, obviously, throughout the last 10 years is very brand oriented and brand heavy. So I'm taking a lot of the knowledge and skill sets and experience that 
kind of learned from building that brand and, and, and really trying to apply it to Salmon as much as possible. Um, I think branding is really just all about uh, consistency and cohesiveness um, and conviction. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to branding, like if you continue to switch up and change and try to catch trends with what's, with what's trendy or uh, new in the space in terms of branding and marketing, um, it may not work out that well, but I think it, you know, there's a lot of respect for companies and especially NFT projects that um, know what they want and just go out and do it and they don't give a fuck about it, what anybody else has to say about that. Um, and I think that really shows conviction on that end. Um, so in terms of Salmon, I think for us, like, because we are a platform and we're not an NFT project per se, like, we don't, we're not just going to do one drop and move on. Um, and we're not building a, a character-based brand or a personality-based brand, whereas we're kind of like a uh, identity platform-based brand. Um, it's really important for us to make sure that we come, almost build a, um, a template that we can apply to every artist that we bring on that does drops on our platform and ensure that um, a, it, it always feels like it's a salmon drop, but also B, it's also about the artist and we're not overshadowing the artist brands um, or image when they come onto our platform. Um, and the biggest thing I think for us is we want to make sure that, you know, whenever artists and musicians and collectors and community members look at the salmon brand, um, you know, they, they want to be a part of it and they don't think, oh man, like they really need a better designer or oh man, they really need a better creative director. Um, so my job is really trying to build that A team. Uh, creative team underneath Salmon to ensure that, you know, everything we're putting out is exceeding expectations, uh, not just by the community, but also musicians that we want to be a part of the platform. Understood. It sounds like curation is, is, is important for your brand, both internally and externally. And, um, I, I think that's a recipe for success. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. Uh, chipped us. Let's get into it. Uh, what went into building? Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, so really what into building the Chiptos brand is honestly a kind of a, a lot of self-reflection on my end. Um, so I grew up in a very like, like in, in the internet era, this, this era where, you know, you buy the new gaming mouse, you buy this, you play the newest games, you're always on the computer with your friends, you're making connections on the internet. And so what we're really trying to build is a brand for that exact person. Um, and, and that's kind of what goes into our, our you know, computer niche, uh, the hardware niche. It, it's very personal to me. And, and the reason we started with the, the hardware art is because, you know, that's all that's really all I knew. And so I know that if we can find people like myself, who I have um, people who grew up in this same era, give them an avenue for expression, give them an avenue to connect with other people who kind of had that same kind of like uh, upbringing, uh, the same hobbies growing up um, and really build a brand around this specific type of person. And that's why we are a little more niche, the specific type of person who I know and personally connect with and resonate with, and I am. And so that's why I'm really bullish on the brand because, sorry, one second. There's a truck going by. Um, yeah, I, I think what's really important is knowing who your target demographic is. Um, and I feel like I understand that really well because I'm aiming for someone like myself, someone who appreciates tech, someone who appreciates art, um, and kind of setting it up in a way, the community where, where they can interact with each other, uh, making friendships and form form those bonds over this this brand. That's awesome. Uh, you know, especially in our like hyper-connected uh, global community in, in 2022, I think it's um, easier than ever to connect to niche communities. And um, 
that's awesome to hear. Um, let's see who's next. Superstars NFT. Let's go. Let's hear What's about going what on. What's up, y'all? Sadly, we're not in an atrium, so we won't have cool bird sounds. But that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. reminded me of Hawaii. So yeah, pretty much. You know, we've been building our brand party shirt over the past six years. Started as DJs. Love Trap Nation, by the way. Yes, that was a staple growing <clears throat> That's up. Sick. That's sick. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And then so we'd been building that, released some songs. They did really well. And then from there, we developed a series called Fact or Cap that grew us to over 20 million followers. And that's pretty much, you know, just the every man testing what's real, what's bullshit, right? We see these life hacks, these food trends, and, you know, people want to know, is it does it work? Does it actually taste good? And so Vice actually called us America's most trusted journalists. And I think that just more speaks to how much misinformation there is out there than, you know, that we're really that smart or that talented. But we've, <clears throat> we're bringing that brand over to Web3 with superstars. So it's powered by us, but it's gone beyond us, right? We're going to do stuff with music, movies. We're going to, you know, help be a launch pad for creators. So really... You know, anyone out there who sort of wants to do, you know, something creative can come here, come into an inclusive community that gives you the tips and the how-to to get there quicker. But what's really special about us <clears throat> is that we've been working with these major Fortune 500 companies for the past sort of 18 months, right, doing these major brand deals, collaborations. We're actually launching a product with a big box retailer. So as these brands start to come into the Web3 space, right, they're not going to, you know, we see how many rugs they are, we see how many... You know, pixel ones, right? Where, yeah, the only valuable one is the worst looking one. And it's like without the founder's name and attached and reputation and a track record, they're not going to want to put a single cent. They're not going to want to attach their names to any of these projects. So we're in a really fortunate position where we've sort of been doxxed, vetted uh, to an extreme degree, where, you know, we've sort of been in the spotlight for the past year. And so <clears throat> we've gotten to have these really great conversations with brands already pre-launch who want to be a part of this, who want to stock our merch, who want to do events with us because we're in a position of, you know, we have a brand that's been vetted, that's sort of, it, 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 it's just easy, you know, DJ, Gen Z DJs who, who test trends. So we've got that. And then beyond that, in the NFT space, it's sort of bringing that over while launching new creators. So... I think brand's super key, and as as a, you know, the space gets more and more sort of legitimate, I suppose, more mainstream. You know, we're going to be looking to brands, right? It's not going to be about who has the most hype, who's you know in the most Twitter spaces, who has you know two whales that have sort of co-signed the project. It's going to be, you know, what are the projects and the brands that people want to align themselves with for the long term. Well said. That's uh, that's facts right there. Um, hundred percent consensus team. I uh, would love to hear from you and your operation. I can take this one, Jana. Um, so I think from a consensus standpoint, uh, Joe Lubin, the founder of consensus and one of the co-founders of Ethereum is probably our brand. Um, if, if anybody has heard Joe speak, if anybody's listened to Joe, um, or even YouTube him, he just has this way of explaining what the future is going to hold unlike many people that I've ever spoken with. So in large part, um, the brand of consensus is really around um, the vision of Joe and the ability for the people that um, are surrounding him to execute on that vision. And that's been executed on things like infrastructure layer components like Infura, if you guys know what that product is, or the wallet that probably everyone uses on this call um, called MetaMask. 
So I think I think that's an interesting interesting way of thinking about the consensus brand. And I mean, we talk about consensus all the time now, and we, that's the name of the company. So you can't really get more any 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 more authentic than that. Um, I would say for specifically for Euler Beats, which is a sub brand now of consensus, um, the brand was super of its time. Um, it launched a year ago when people were just experimenting with NFTs. And so we took the most esoteric um, on-chain concepts and bonding curves and a new standard 1155 and royalties, which had never really been done on a large scale and generative music and art, which was like just emerging as a category. And we threw it all in a project uh, named <laughs> something that no one even can pronounce. Everyone calls it Euler Beats, even though it's Euler Beats. So from a branding perspective, I think it was like, if you can understand this project, you're kind of one of us. Um, and it was, a, it was a pretty good filtering mechanism for who is truly in the space and who is, who's looking for things that were new and could understand them and appreciate them. So um, I don't know, John, do you have anything to add? Sure. Yeah, Tyler, thanks. I think you, you captured the essence of, of consensus and Euler Beats well. What I'll say is just what we do for brands, right? So at, at consensus and within our business unit, we work with very large brands. We're working with large IP owners. Um, and, and what we're doing is we're actually helping them to build out their brand and, and kind of create a growth model for user engagement and loyalty through NFTs. So that's so we're actually just helping people extend their brands, um, and it's been a really wild ride, really really interesting experience working very very directly with, um, you know, some Fortune 100 companies, sports leagues and teams, and you know a lot of things that that we can't mention publicly right now, but uh, it's it's been really cool, and I think we see, you know, an expansive opportunities for athletes, content creators, brands to like leverage NFTs to to create this virtuous cycle of loyalty, um, excite their customers, um, immerse their customers and engage them and, and grow their fan base by evangelizing uh, their loyal fans. So it's really exciting. Sounds awesome. Uh, I can't wait to dig in further. Uh, but before I do, uh, hot dogs, let's bring it home. Talk about how um, what went into building the, the, the legend of hot dog. <laughs> Um, so Hot Dog is really kind of the brainchild of one of our other artists, uh, Hopper. Um, kind of throughout the whole process, he's been really the voice of Doug. Um, and early on, he kind of identified uh, what the character of Doug is. And we've tried to use that to, to reinforce our decision making along the way. So he's, we've defined Doug as an anxious, dweeby, endearing underdog. Um, and really, with every decision that we're making, we're trying to ask those questions of like, this is who Doug is. Uh, how does this decision reinforce that idea? So um, he's a vibe. We want people to identify with Doug. I think all of these things are things that we can identify with ourselves. Um, but really, we we also use that um, as we're marketing and as, as we're developing um, this project. So we're keeping it lighthearted on Twitter. We're every time we make a video appearance, we're wearing hot dog suits. We're trying to keep it trying to keep it cool. Trying to keep it lighthearted. Um, and then also kind of when it comes to marketing and, and development of our uh, project, we're using that that identity of Doug to, to reinforce these ideas. So like we're not doing paid promotion. We're not going out to, to boost our Twitter followers. We're not boosting our Discord server. We're really just building on the organic hype um, and trying to create a character that everybody can kind of relate to and identify with. Um, and I think that's been fun um, as we build along the way. Awesome, awesome. You know, as a social media 
professional, I have to say like organic is always the way to go. Like people know, like, you know, miles away when the, when the followers are not authentic and authenticity is so important. But um, I want to throw a, a, a individual question over to consensus. Um, seeing as your team manages a uh, portfolio of brands, uh, what goes into building the disparate uh, identities of each? Oh my, that's such a loaded question. And there's so much, right? So I, I, I wouldn't say that we're building brands for, for the brands, right? The brands themselves are building brands. And these guys, you know, have marketing teams and, and you know, creative directors and creative teams and brand, brand teams all, you know, in and of themselves. All we do is we help them um, extend their brand, right? So we work with them um, hand in hand to think through, you know, various drops that they want to do, what the, you know, overall story is that they want to tell, what is the journey that they want to take their customers on, um, you know, and what is the, you know, sort of future utility that they want to promise. So really, it's it's an extension of their brand and kind of an augmentation of it. But Tyler, do you have anything to add? No, well said, Jonna, and I've actually got a drop. So uh, GM all have a great day. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, Tyler. Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right. Let's keep the uh, kind of more specific questions for some of these panelists going right now. I got a question that I want to throw towards the Superstars NFT Sluts Party shirt alongside the Hot Dogs. You both are right now in the middle of releasing a project while also creating a new brand. You know, that might be Doug as a character. It might also be bringing that party shirt vibe into the Web3 space. What are some of the steps that you both put in place to make sure that brand identity is really, really important? Also, while trying to promote a generative collection, you know, generative collections sometimes, you know, you sometimes get lost in the sauce. But how do you keep that brand identity so, so important and key when building out this collection? I'll throw it to uh, sort of superstars first. I just saw you unmute. Yeah, so for us, it was really, you know, agreeing on what is superstars from the get-go with the whole team. So when any of us speak about the brand, we have the same voice. So Ivy actually came up with the idea for superstars. You know, we're in the room with the team from day one. And so, you know, we we sat down, we figured out, okay, what is superstars? What's it going to do? What's the five, ten-year plan? And, you know, what does it mean to be a superstar? So when we all agreed on that, it gave us a common framework to work with. So from the artwork to, you know, the voice of the Twitter to the mods in the Discord to, you know, just sort of everything. So I think it's important that, you know, everyone is aligned on what the brand is and that, you know, one founder doesn't think it's this and another founder doesn't think it's that. Otherwise, it's just going to seem all messy. But, you know, you want to be on trend. You, you, you know, you want to make memes and all that, but you want it to be relating to your project. So even with the Kevin meme, right, we, we you know, come up with the idea for what the meme is. We work with the artist and we make sure that even when we're participating in sort of these meme conversations, meme culture, that it's still on brand for us. So I think, you know, again, I'll let Ivy chat too about it. It's really just everyone being on the same page and having the same vision for what the project is. Yeah, and even beyond that, you know, even back for our TikTok, you know, we've been fortunate to have all these big brands um, try to work with us. But X and I have said no to so many of them just because we really like, we're like, okay, we don't want to just grab this, all this cash now, burn out and tarnish our name as like sellouts that just, you know, whatever. So we're like, okay, we only want to work with brands that one makes sense to what we're doing and ones that we're actually, we love and are passionate about. So that's kind of what we're bringing over to superstars too, where it's like, 
we're only doing things. We don't want to do the everyday thing. We really want to do some cool out of the box things that no one else is really doing, but that is also authentic to who we are in the brand we've built, you know, the fun, just goof around, do whatever you want type of guys. So that's definitely been one of the main factors of, uh, of pushing out all the roadmap and utility of this as well. Fantastic. And that's what I want to kind of dive more in with you throughout this conversation. And I also want to hear um, the Hot Dogs side and, and their take on this right now. So Hot Dogs, how is keeping brand identity so important when you're also creating thousands and thousands of dogs? Yeah, I kind of want to echo what they just said. Um, I think early on, we, like I was saying before with the brand, we really agreed on what the identity of Doug is. Um, and Hopper is, is the one that really kind of uses the voice and channels the voice um, of Doug within himself. So we've kind of been using that for our, for our outreach, for our Twitter. Twitter. Um, and then also kind of just looking at the collection and thinking about how, how does this voice and this brand, um, how is that reinforced in the collection? Because it's really something that, the, the PFP project is just the start. And it's really a story that we're trying to tell uh, and a character we're trying to build um, beyond just the mint date. Um, and I think I think a big thing that we have tried to do as well is just building off relevant memes. I drew up a, a hot dog, uh, Kevin, last night. Uh, we didn't share it, but um, kind of using things that are, that are popular and trying to build off that, um, stay relevant in the space. Um, but then also just making sure that everything is, is true to that base character and so that we have that consistency of who Doug is and um, how people can identify with him. Fantastic. I appreciate both y'all takes on that. I think that um, I think it's really important. That's something that we've always kind of put into the uh, into the thought pool as well when creating Bitlectro Labs is how do we keep the vibe of Bitlectro Labs so consistent throughout so many different NFTs, right? You know, there's so many different traits across all these collections that keeping brand identity is so, so important. Now, before I throw it over to co-founder of Bitlectro Labs, Gabe, I just want to make one quick mention. At the end of this space today, there's going to be a PO app, but it's going to involve a secret phrase. So stay till the end and make sure you get that secret word to fill in on the form. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to pass it back over to Gabe for a paneled question. Gabe, take the mic. I love the uh, shameless POAP plugs. It's how we keep everyone on the line, right? <laughs> Just giving them, a, giving them a proof of attendance token. Exactly. I so I've got a general question for the panel. Um, and this is specifically for those of you that have built uh, brands or businesses outside of Web3, which might be this entire panel. But um, what are these stark or most noticeable differences that you've seen in terms of the development of brand identity in, say, a legacy or conventional business versus Web3? And this is open to anyone, so feel free to take it. I think, if I may, uh, for me in Web3, I'm noticing that it's like, I don't feel like I'm just doing it on my own. I feel like everyone... Like, you know, I hope I don't sound too corny, but <laughs> the community building aspect of it is huge. And it, it just feels like um, it's allowed me to do so much more. And, and I've grown so much in such a short period of time. Like um, my my one year mint versary is coming up, actually. And um, I, I would say like being a part of not only like community building with other creative people, but just in general like the collectors and the overall like support has just 
been huge. It's a, it's a different, it's not, it's only like, I only feel that when I'm, when I've been at like a physical event, which is, you know, a one-off thing, right? Like it's only when you're there in person and you, you see, you felt like the residuals in Web2, like through your social media and the engagement there, but like here it just it's different it feels like it's building and building and and it's always there it's really cool absolutely and i would echo that sentiment anyone else have any insight what are some stark differences that uh, anyone else has noticed uh in terms of building a web3 brand versus a web2 You know, for us, it's just sort of been the different niches, right? Like on TikTok, it's casting the widest net as possible. You know, we have six-year-olds and 60-year-olds come up to us being like, hey, I love your videos. Well, Web3, you know, while you do want to bring as many people from the mainstream in, in which we have been doing by promoting via TikTok, you know, NFT is sort of dictated by a small group of people that have a lot of money. And so it's much more Twitter focused, much more niche. You know, a lot of this happens in discords, alpha chats, Twitter spaces. So it's really the target audience for where NFTs are at and how to, you know, how to sort of convey that to get the early support. Yeah, very poignant. We're often sort of in this little pocket of the internet that's very active. And yet uh, we're just sort of in an echo chamber speaking to the specific niche community that, like you said, often has a lot of crypto. Um, good point. I've got a, I'm going to have a specific question here for Mumbot. Sorry, I can't speak well this morning, it seems like. Uh, but you've been building Mumbot World and all of its characters and universe and branding uh, well before you ever utilized them within NFTs, uh, launching your first one of ones. And now you're doing some collabs. Um, what was the transition like here? And are there any difficulties in approaching this new audience uh, with a uh, sort of canon of established characters? Uh, have you seen any friction there? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, also, I hope you feel better soon. Um, I, it felt weirdly natural for me. Um, and I don't know why, I, maybe because I'm kind of coming not just from art, the art world, but the collectibles world. You know, I've been m making uh, vinyl toys and customizing toys. And and I think that the collectors from that, from that world is kind of similar. There's similarities um, a lot. There's so much similarity that it, it definitely feels quite natural for me. I know there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things, which also felt natural to me because I've always been like very open-minded and experimental. And I, and I, I, even in like the toy space, I've never really limited myself to like one kind of thing. I don't, I, I haven't ever really felt like, Oh, I'm just doing this and I can only do this. Like I, I kind of have always been into pushing and innovating and doing something new. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't really like to feel like, a you know, boxed in by anything. I, and I love all the possibilities and the technology behind NFTs. So I guess, you know, for me also, I think when I first started to learn about NFTs, it was, you know, the banana tape to the wall, you know, and the, and the guy who, uh, 
I think he was like from Cartoon Network. I mean, I, I knew I, I was excited for people in the digital spaces in photography and and music people in in realms that where um i was excited for people to get more independently like empowered to do to doing what they're doing and not relying on um record labels or you know animation studios or you know whatever um no no, no shade against anyone who has done that so because that's that's amazing if you if you've had success doing that but but anyway um i think i think everyone knows what i'm trying to get at but like i, I think the the thing for me was that I, I was seeing that you could really anything could be an nft and so i i haven't ever come into this space with like a closed-minded mi mindset and i i don't ever do things where i i actually don't look at things and say oh this is what they're doing this must be what i must do i don't ever really like do that for me i might look and observe and and you know learn but i'm always trying to think of like well how can i do this differently how can i bring something new and um kind of do my thing but offer something different right so like uh yeah i don't know i feel like i'm rambling now but hopefully did i did i answer your question i'm sorry yeah, absolutely. Um, it was really just more about the sort of differences between the two and, um, you know, having an established brand and transitioning. But no, I think that was all thoughtful. Um, and now I have a question specifically for Joe um, and the Society of the Hourglass. So you've got an NFT project with one of the richer universes that I've seen, at least by generative NFT standards. Um, and you routinely get feedback from your community and your weekly writers workshops. Um, and then you've got an upcoming picture book in development, as well as the, uh, or a pilot for a potential television series or film. Uh, but it, ultimately, I think you're, you're sort of endeavoring uh, to produce a sort of community driven world building that we haven't really seen too much of. There's a few efforts in Web3, but I, I think what you're doing over there at Society is rather novel. Um, also, I really love when you say that you're trying to recreate the magic of Saturday morning cartoons. I've heard you say that a few times recently, and I love it. But explain this process a little more to the audience. Uh, maybe give us some detail about how that came to be and uh, what it's like been soliciting lots and lots of feedback and input from your community. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I guess a few things there. Um, first of all, yeah, that what, what we're trying to do is big and ambitious and, and we're trying to do it in a, in a fairly non-conventional way to your point. Uh, you know, if you look at how entertainment IP in general has been, has been created and, and born in the past, it's a very uh, top down model that, that's often controlled by very small influential groups of people. And so what we're trying to do uh, both with our community and with our, our partner in Jump Cut Media to bring the series and other things to life is kind of turn that on its head and do this in a very open and collaborative way. Uh, now, but you know, some of that that introduces new challenges that we're that we're having to work through uh, and figure out how to solve because when you think about what makes a compelling story and, and some of the nuance and considerations for 
things like Canon and, and the narrative foundation of what we're building at the scale of what we're building, there's just a lot there. And, and not all of us are great at that, right? Like there's a reason that people spend their careers like refining a craft. And, you know, this, this idea that because it's decentralized or because it's co-created that suddenly everyone is good at this is just not true, um, so what we're, what we're trying to do with our community, and I think we've done a really good job of it so far, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this continues to progress and the feedback that we get, and we'll, we'll adjust as we go as needed. But, uh, what we're trying to do is create just as many opportunities for people to lean in and engage and contribute in whatever way they're comfortable with. So you, you referenced the, the writer's room and, and some of the discussions there. The, the process that we have been going through and just recently wrapped is having weekly prompts where any of our holders can submit uh, ideas and, and proposals in response to some of these prompts to establish our, our narrative foundation. What that's ultimately leading to is us developing a narrative handbook that will be used to influence the series, the books, any stories that get told based on the lore of the Society of the Hourglass, whether that's stuff that the team is working on or partners work on or anyone the community wants to work on. So it gives us all a, a really strong starting foundational point um, the other thing that it does is it helps us kind of provide, I guess I would say like directional input and guidance as we bring on and hire writers that do this for a living. Um, you know, they, they have this kind of community curated and influenced direction to operate in. Um, so it, it lets us have a voice and then it lets everyone lean in and you know, whether they contribute in the discussions or they submitted proposals or maybe maybe involvement for them just looks like voting. Uh, you know, we, we're using Snapshot and, and some other things to, to manage holder votes. Um, it, it's a way for everyone that holds a society character to influence the way the story comes to life, um, but does not put the onus for, uh, you know, kind of the success of the brand long term on individuals of people who don't do this for a living or, or don't have the time to invest in it. Um, so what we're trying to do a, again is just create a, a balanced and distributed approach to co-creating this, this with us. And it, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, you know, we, you see kind of different people engaging in different parts of the process and, and, you know, we'll have some holders that show up to the writer's room calls every single week um, and then we'll have some that, that haven't ever attended a single call, but they're voting every single time. And so it's it's really cool to see the community just kind of finding their place in that process and, and leaning in where it makes sense for them to. And I think what we're going to walk away from this with is a, is a really, really strong foundation that we can now all as kind of co-creators of this brand build on top of. Uh, you know, we've given our, our holders non-exclusive commercial rights to their characters so now you know i i as a holder can take the same foundation for our narrative and go write a book or you know monetize my character in some other way and do it from the exact same starting point that our team is working on the series from and tie it all together in a way that that we think and, and believe is going to result in in really rich interconnected stories that are just really, really compelling and engaging to, to experience. Wow. 
That's uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, in TV terms, it sounds like what you're creating is a series bible, or in over marketing terms, uh, brand guidelines. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's exactly right. The narrative handbook, story bible, like some of those terms are somewhat interchangeable, and and it's been fun, you know, learning about kind of how uh, how we'll leverage that in different ways, right? The, the series has been kind of the, I guess, the crux of that effort. But its impact is so much bigger than any one expression of the story. Uh, you know, sure, maybe we're creating it to get the series off the ground, but now we have a foundation for our books and games and anything else we want to do. So we're, we're trying to zoom in and out at the, at the right levels as we think about how that becomes not just a deliverable that we create to show like, hey, we've made progress and we're moving forward, but just an asset to, to any holder. Um, that that wants to tell stories with the characters that they hold. Oh, and G, you might you might get a real cool kick out of their writers' rooms. Um, G, he doesn't always um, uh, shill his skill sets, but he is a, a screenwriter in his own right. He just had one of his uh, short films nominated for an award recently, which we're really proud of. Oh, uh, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Congrats! Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, I I just wanted to chime in real quick. Because uh, I just was listening to absolutely society of the hour class was talking about, um, you know, I, I, I also developed a pitch bible, and and I actually was pitching it to um, animation studios and production studios, like for the, over the past couple of years, um, and I and I haven't recently because I'm reworking it, but you know, it's it's been so funny because I never really considered myself a writer. I'm not a writer, um, but I am a storyteller and I, I can, I can write a story. I'm not like writer material where, you know, I feel like I can write a book. I need a, I need like a real professional writer to do that. But um, I think that is like such an important tool. And I, and I didn't even, I guess when I was, when I was, building that I didn't really realize like how because you know I didn't know that I was going to end up doing NFTs so but um it's because it's become such a important like I don't know like uh it's more than a tool it's like a almost like the skeleton of like so, some of the stuff that we're building and and yeah I just wanted to chime in because you you talked about that and I didn't even really think about talking about that but that would that took years to develop and like I said, I'm I'm like kind of adding on to it right now and and reworking it, but but yeah, yeah. No, I love that, and and it's absolutely right. Like we're looking at ours not as a deliverable, but this kind of living thing that that is going to constantly be evolving and expanding. You know, we're 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 focusing the conversation on our series on on certain decisions that we have to kind of lean into and make early on, but that doesn't fully encompass the range of storytelling that we believe this IP has the potential for. Um, so there are going to be things that we tackle down the road that maybe we haven't addressed in our in our handbook or our story bible and so it it just creates this kind of ongoing opportunity to collaborate at a really like foundational level with our community. Um, that, that's been really, really fun. You know, we, we've got people that have written like 10 plus plus page stories already, even before we started this process. So when I think about 
how valuable something like that is, uh, you know, cause uh, Mumba, you mentioned like this idea that like, Hey, I'm a storyteller, but not a writer. I, I think a lot of people in our community, myself included would, would kind of classify themselves in the same way. So having something that can kind of help steer and direct in the right way, um, and, and also provide, you know, guidance to the people that are professional writers that come in to build on top of this is it's it's really really fun i i that's i don't know how else to describe it. it's just fun um the the experience also of of actually pitching to studios and uh you know that their the feedback and the input that i received in that process is also like pretty golden it's helped me a lot um and i so I would, I just would say that like that, that process, um, I don't really know how this like applies in web three, but, but, um, incorporating like your community, like you are is, is super, one of the super cool things about, about it, about this space, um, in the same way, I guess. And, uh, I love that. And you know what? But I, but I would say that like incorporating like some IRL like situation could also be helpful, if that makes sense. Absolutely, thank you for that insight as well. Um, I think G's got our next question. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, just got rugged for a second, but I'm back. Um, Okay, let's uh, zoom out for a second here. Um, so when thinking of your, and this is a, a question for the panel, by the way, uh, when thinking of your brand identity, did you consider community or was community something that developed later that you had to adjust your brand to? Uh, if anyone wants to pick that up. I can grab that one off the bat. Um, this kind of builds into like what I was saying for that last question is that like, I think when you're building things in like Web3, um, we all kind of had started it, you know, we'll create this lighthearted character, we'll draw a bunch of hot dogs, we'll have fun along the way. And that that was kind of like the baseline of the of the whole process. But then as you start to develop it, I would say to answer your question directly, like you always want to design and do things with the community in mind. But like I think we kind of underestimated the value that the community brings because when you're developing and when you're doing all these things. In Web3, there's just so many different layers that build into the decisions that you make um, and how they're perceived in the community. And so, like, we really tried to try to keep it light, lighthearted um, and keep it real and keep it organic and be true to ourselves and who we are. But then along the way, kind of using the community feedback and listening to that while also kind of being true to the to the brand and who Doug is um, has added a, a wrinkle that kind of was not expected, but I think it's, it's really beneficial for, for kind of being true to who you are and building your space, um, within web three. Um, yeah. Copy that. Um, does anyone else have any insight? Uh, yeah, just for us, I mean, community is just so core to the project, right? We wanted to foster a community that, you know, not only do they like to each other, it's people you want to hang out with in real life, but, you know, also people that can help you get where you want to go. And, you know, what we've said from the start is community to us, it's such a buzzword, but it just means people that like the same shit. 
So, you know, just really making sure from the get-go that we're having those conversations, that we're fostering the type of community that we wanted and curating, right? We're, we're bringing in the people that we think would be good additions and we're not afraid to remove bad actors. So, you know, that's really been key from the start. And even, you know, we've sort of built relationships in the influence community and some celebrities and it's like, make you know, everyone's like, oh, get them in, get them in. But it's like, let's be honest, right? Is Steph Curry going into the Board Ape Yacht Club, Discord, Eminem going in there? Like, right, they're just sort of more static holders. So we wanted to sort of balance out of people that are big names that are going to attract attention, but also people who are going to participate in the community. Absolutely. And I think that that's kind of the answer of this all is, is we always say this phrase community is king. And I think it's I think it's true. And I think that um, both those answers are kind of testament to that. Right. Even when you're building a brand, you kind of live head down working at your computer so often that you don't really look up very often. You go, whoa, there's so many people who want to be a part of this community and are excited to take part in, whether it be with hot dogs, the meme culture or superstars. You want to be a part of the party shirt brand across the board. I think it's uh, it's sometimes underestimated, but it's really nice to see the the brand and the community kind of flourish together and um, i want to dig a little bit deeper on that as well right now with soundmint uh soundmint you're kind of like an umbrella right because you have so many different ideas so many different collaborations kind of in the works coming from your collection and so on and so forth what kind of discussions take place when deciding what new characters or collections are going to be added to the uh the soundmint umbrella what do you look for when you're reviewing these new ideas that come to uh to the to the table for future collaborations yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, so because I come from music creation background and I, I built a music creation brand, um, I think it's really, really important for the taste and the curation for the platform, like you were saying earlier, um, to be really spot on. Um, the way I look at it is <clears throat> good curation usually is just the ability to say no 99% of the time and then pick out that 1% um, of saying yes and make sure it's the best decision at the time being for the future of the platform, but also the community and what they want. Um, <clears throat> so for us, like when it comes to choosing and selecting talent to work and, and drop and collaborate on Soundmint, we look for a few things. First, um, the most important is, is this going to benefit um, our community? Two, is this going to benefit the platform Soundmint? And then three, is this going to benefit the artists? Um, and usually the way that we answer those questions or we determine those answers is based on their involvement um, and, and I guess like uh, seriousness of how they're going to partake in Web3 or NFTs, for example. And what I mean by that is, you know, we would never want to bring on an artist, no matter the size. Like we wouldn't even talk to if, say, Big Sean or Kanye West or Travis Scott came to us, whoever it may be, and said, hey, guys, I really love sound. I want to release with you guys. And we would probably ask them the question, OK, cool. Like, what's your take on NFTs? Like, what do you have plans to integrate NFTs into the future of your career? And if they have no interest in <clears throat> integrating web3 or nfts into their brand beyond just doing a drop taking the money and moving on then we're not going to work with them um and that's always the number one decision based on whoever we're speaking to and we've spoken to a lot a lot of big artists already about coming on to soundment because there's a lot of interest in the music industry because it's been so stale for so long on getting into music nfts right now and there's not many opportunities for artists to get into music nfts and we've denied a lot of large talent because transparently they go into it because they see other artists doing it and then you know they believe they should just just be doing it because everybody else is doing it and they don't really understand that um you know this is a new way this is a new uh, form of integrating your community and building a different type of community within your career and it's not just like a t-shirt drop but this is actually like the next step forward in, in iterating um 
you know, Web3 in, into their careers. So we really keep that as like a big, big, important factor when selecting talent. And then I think like the second factor is, you know, they just have to be really, really cool. Um, the music has to be dope. The community has to be clear. They have to really care about the art and the and the, the music that they're putting out as well as their brand. Um, we do not want to work with artists that um, don't have a high quality of taste for what they put out. And we want to work with passionate artists. Doesn't matter what the size of them, the next drop that we have going. Um, the artist is not that large. Uh, we're really focused on trying to break talent as well on the platform. Um, so it's like a combination of, are they going to take this serious? Are they going to provide value to their fans and the collectors that buy these NFTs from them? And also, um, are they a dope artist? Are they putting out really great music? Are they cool? Are they serious about their career? Are they looking to, um, at, are they looking at this as an opportunity to build in Web3 rather than like a t-shirt drop or something like that? Um, and those are really the two core fundamentals. Both the answers to those questions are yes. Um, then we'll most likely work with those artists. I love that. I love that there's a human element behind building the brand because, you know, in today's day and age, like the algorithm is, uh, uh, you know, so dominant. And so I, I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, hand curated brands like NTS Radio and that kind of stuff out there. Can, can you speak to why you've taken a more human curated approach uh, as opposed to like something algorithmically uh, chosen, like, you know, we're going to see a lot of in Web3? Yeah. Um... It's a good question. I mean, to be honest, like I think music is one of those things that um, it'll forever be um, human. I think more a lot of people are very uh, interested in the aspect of like artificial intelligence based built music, but I, I personally don't find it that interesting. I think it's interesting, but I don't think it's like meaningful to the to the genre or industry of the music industry. Personally, I think music should always be created by passion and created by personalities and created by musicians. Um, so for us, you know, in terms of, you know, focusing on the, on the brand that we're building, um, ensuring that, you know, everything is really hand selected. Um, we really want to make sure that, you know, we're not just like some music NFT platform built by tech bros trying to create the next billion dollar startup and sell it to Google or Microsoft or something like that. It's not what we're doing. Um, most of our team come from the music industry, everybody that we hire, our number one question when we're hiring people is, you know, like, what's your take on the music industry? Are you a music lover? Um, what are you passionate about? Um, and everybody we've hired so far in the last month, which has been eight people, everybody either A, has been a musician, so they know how to make music, B, has worked in the music industry, or they're absolute music lovers. Um, and I think this is really, really crucial, especially for a music platform, because music platforms typically have bad reps in the music industry. Um, i.e. like Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, SoundCloud, YouTube Music, etc. They all have pretty bad reps because they're typically built by um, technology first uh, mindsets that go into the music industry on a monetary base level. So they go into the music industry thinking, okay, how do we make as much money as possible? How do we milk, milk it as much as possible? And it's a great, I mean, um, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think with an art focus or an art first industry, it's, it's important that, especially in Web3, the platforms that are coming out are run by people who truly understand the problems and the issues in the music industry and understand how to solve those problems or at least have seen how those problems have arised. Um, and that's why it's really important that everybody we hire, you know, is not based on just a tech first mentality, but it's based on, okay, how does it actually provide value to musicians? How does it actually provide value to the fans? How does it actually provide value to the music industry as a whole? Not just like building a billion dollar company, although yes, that's definitely a goal of ours, but 
um, to get there, we need to be more human. That's, I think that's really the, the core mentality. Everything can't be focused around uh, performance and algorithms and numbers and um, you know revenue. I think it really has to be a mix of a little bit of that and also a lot of um, belief in what we're doing as a company um, and belief that you know we really are trying to achieve something that hasn't really been achieved before in the music industry. Very well said. And I think that, you know, the passion in your answer is just a reflection on how well curated Soundman is, right? Like you're so passionate when you speak about this and it just reflects on the product that you're putting out with Soundman and kind of the, the building blocks that you're putting on right now for the future of this company. And I think that I can speak for all of us from Bitlectro Labs. We're so excited to see what, you're, what else you build within the music space, you know, being kind of a niche music project in our own right. I think it's really cool to see other projects within the music NFT space kind of carving their own path. And that's kind of what we're trying to do right now as well. So very well said. That was a, that was fascinating to listen to. Now, before I throw a question over to Chip Toast, I just want to kind of announce the secret phrase for the PO app for today. Um, I know that, you know, Jason is so good at shameless plugs when it comes to PO apps. And um, I thought I'd kind of announce what the, the secret phrase is today. And it's a little bit of a long one but it's all one word. So here we go. When you're filling in the form that's attached to the uh, the Twitter space right now, right atop is the pin tweet. The password is the brand is strong. All one word, all lowercase. The brand is strong. All one word, all lowercase. Go fill out that form right now and you just are going to see a POAP arrive to your wallet shortly. So uh, before we kind of wrap it up, a couple more questions. So I'm going to throw one over to Chiptoast. Chip Toast, maybe still hanging out with the birds. I would love to hear some chirping, maybe still outside. Beautiful spring day. I want to hear an answer from you. And the question is, what are some <laughs> of the steps you took to create your own brand slash image from what started as a high-tech interpretation of a crypto punk? The evolution of Chip Toast is really fascinating to watch, uh, to watch rather. And I would love to kind of hear about the transition from being, you know, what maybe some people would compare as like an interpretation project into your own kind of style and creating your own ethos of what Chiptos is. Feel free, take the mic, and uh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back in my backyard now, so hopefully it won't be as loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, the evolution's been really cool because it, it really did start as a passion project, something that I just wanted to make that I thought would be cool and I wanted to share with the space. And I started that in, like, April, and so it was, it was like, before Board Apes that we even did that. And so the space wasn't really like attuned to these 10K PFPs. There, there, there were a couple, but nothing like, like we see today. And I guess the evolution really just came from not stopping. It's like, how do we level up? How do we get to the next point? How do we make this our own thing? And, and those things kind of just manifest by themselves when you like have a vision of what you're trying to build and you don't stop trying to build it, right? Like we have, we have the sculpture and then we're like, okay, how do we level this up? Right. And so we did the five total genesis. And then from there, we're like, okay, how do we level this up even more? Right. And so in, in each step of the problem, it's each step of the way, it's like you, you have different problems and you kind of just figure out how to solve them. Right. So like with our genesis drop is we didn't have that many holders. Right. So the community uh, wasn't able to grow as fast. And so, okay, how do we solve that? Right. We, we do a bigger collection and, and we do more. And as long as we kept like our roots, we knew that we had a really strong name and a really strong brand and branding and positioning just in the overall market that that we knew, like we, we saw our path and we saw the avenue we could take to grow this into something big, um, especially with like Web3 first, like, you know, Web3 first this, Web3 first that. 
um, we we see ourselves as the first like Web three computer brand, right? That that is our ultimate vision. So even after this next drop, well, it's going to be like, okay, well, we did that. Well, you know, what's next? How do we take this to the next level? And so we're just chasing that next level and building towards it and, and positioning towards it. Um, it. It really does just come from like being passionate about the project, having a vision, knowing what you want, and then knowing your brand and knowing that you can ultimately succeed because you're confident and that confidence comes from like knowing that we are we are the first to do this we are the the only ones tackling this and and I, it's a sensitive subject thing like we're the only ones are the first but um it, as far as i know like we're we're one of the few if not only people tackling this hardware niche and i think that really sets us apart and and the art is fantastic in my opinion the art is next level and it, it's very cohesive I, I know you guys speak about uh cohesion a lot and, and so it was really important to us to to stay on brand and even with this next drop having a very very cohesive collection where um you you can like see in the different types of robots we made like oh this one has the same parts as this one oh i see i see you know this one has the, the same fans um and so it looks like it's all comprised out of like base components and they're just assembled in different ways um and also variation collectability like a lot of like mechanics like that that you have to consider um and i, I think we've we've nailed it and I'm super excited at where this is going. I'm excited for the future and uh, what that next step is going to be. That is an absolutely perfect seg into what I want to talk about, uh, the future. Uh, Mumbot, you started the Ghost Club. Soundmint, you just bought some land in World Wide Web 3 and are incorporating uh, cloud avatars. Um, over here at Bitlectro Labs, we're incorporating avatars in, into the sandbox with our Dreamers uh, VX collection. This is a question for everyone. How do you decide what platforms, mediums, or communities to expand your brands into? I could, uh, I could answer this. <clears throat> I think for us, like we're more or less just focused. Um, it may be an interesting answer, but we're a music oriented brand. So we're really focused on how do we, um, or we ask questions, you know, like how do we integrate music into every metaverse platform or what pl platforms do we see the opportunity for music to be integrated to that maybe they're not thinking of. Um, and at first, like, I didn't believe, you know, I, I thought most platforms like really interested in music and they would love to integrate music and they're always thinking about it. But that's just because they come from the music world and that's all I think about. Um, and I learned quickly that after speaking to a few um, very successful metaverse platforms, um, including World Wide Web, that really nobody was thinking about music integrations and no one really even cared about you know, what the audio experience would be for their um, community when using their, their games or their platform. So for us, we take the first approach of really making sure that any platform that we're, we're working with has an interest in integrating with music and has a really cool way of integrating with it. Um, so World Wide Web is, is one of those platforms, like we're talking everything about integrating music NFTs in their platform. And then we're also talking to a few other um, metaverse platforms on, on how do we integrate music. Um, in a way that makes it really fun and interesting um, to collect music NFTs. Thanks for your insight on that. Um, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Uh, would anyone else like to talk about the what the future holds for their brands and, and, and where they're expanding? Yeah, we'll just take this really quickly. Uh, yeah, so we're, we've got a major partnership we're going to announce in the next coming weeks. So with the Fortune 50 company and they're going to be coming on helping us do our first event and potentially stop on some merch. So really we just want to start collaborating, you know, 
keep our core communities, build from within, but also, you know, start working with these major brands to get it to the mainstream because a lot of the times it can feel like just an echo chamber in the NFT community. And if we really want mass adoption, we're going to have to start, you know, we're over, you know, we're, we're a little bit into this now. So start working with these major brands to make it more mainstream and normalized to sort of middle America. Amazing. Uh, can't wait to see uh, what that holds. Um, uh, Mumbot, I just wanted to ask you real quick. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of joined the Ghost Club Discord. Could you talk about what that community is and, and, and what's going on in there? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so Ghost Club is something that I started up actually last year. I actually started Ghost Club um, like as soon as I joined Clubhouse before I really knew anybody in the space. And um, I made a Clubhouse club. And the whole, the, the, the real reason was to connect with um, the global creative community. And as like the longer I was in the space, the more I used it um, for different things like onboarding to support other artists, um, hosting drop parties for my buddies who were, you know, who were fellow artists um, making NFTs. But um, yeah, it, it, it has evolved quite a bit. And um, last September, um, when my husband, Defiant, who's also kind of become my manager um, in the last couple of months, he kind of like, I need this help because I just was getting so busy. So I, some of the friends that I was onboarding, um, we kind of needed a place to start teaching them some of the basic stuff like Discord, like how to use Discord, you know. And um, so we had had created the server as like a private place to do that, you know, where it was safe. And, you know, having meetings and whatnot to like help help them with, you know, how to build their collection and whatnot. But um. Yeah, it, it's grown significantly as of like this year of 2022. And um, we just became super organized. Like I have a, a plan. We, we're building a lot of stuff for like upcoming months. Um, you know, like for example, like I have VCon coming up. I'm going to be a speaker at VCon. And, you know, ideally I would love to bring like all of the Ghost Club members with me on stage. Um, but since that can't, you know, physically, it's not very likely that that can happen. I'm, I've been, you know, working with some of the artists from Ghost Club, for example, on collaborations that I can, you know, f finding ways to bring them to, with me on, into VCon is basically um, one of the things I have going on with Ghost Club. But, but it's also so much more than that. Like, it's a, it's a place where um, people are, you know, sharing resources. We have like an F NFT 101 channel. We have like, you know, a lot of people supporting each other. Um, uh, like people I've onboarded are now onboarding others. And um, it's not just artists, you know, we have music people, we have developers, we have all, you know, all kinds of different creatives, photography, animation. And um, with that said, like people are also now officially collaborating with each other in there and uh i mean i haven't really seen this yet in any other communities i've been in where like we can put an animator together with like an insanely talented musician <laughs> that that's like um you know just it, it's just super exciting anyway but like um 
yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts and I know that I, 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 I ramble, but I wanted to just say something about what Soundman had said earlier. Um, and I know that this isn't like right exactly on the topic at, at this moment, but um, it, it was about how he was picking people to, you know, to uh, put on or whatever. Um, like I was actually, I just wanted to say real quick that the onboarding process, like one of the reasons why that's so important and, and doing that just as a normal person in Web3, you know, and like choosing how you do that. Um, like when I onboarded Sergio Vega, who's also my collaborated, collaborator on a hourglass reversal project, um, one of the reasons why that in that process that I chose to onboard him in particular was the way how his curiosity was and how interested he was in general in the space as a musician and how he wants to grow as an artist like you know in um like as an artist we it's easy to get pigeonholed especially if you're well known i feel like because he, he was in deftones and quicksand you know he's known for like a certain sound or you know, I might be known for like my more popular characters that are kind of cute, but I might not be as known for some of the other stuff I do that's a little like more dark or creepy or weird. So anyway, I, I just wanted to, I know that I'm going off this, the topic, but but I just wanted to say that uh, it's Ghost Club, The what I'm trying to get at is Ghost Club is like a space where I felt that I had the opportunity to help artists who are feeling that way learn that they can have like the opportunity to grow and expand what they're doing and experiment and this is a space where that's all possible there's so many possibilities yeah that was very well said Mumbad. i really appreciate your takes i think that um kind of being the way you encompass that is just so important and the onboarding process of bringing people into the space is just it's it's getting easier and it's getting more fun it's getting more exciting these projects also get more fun and more exciting and i think that the next year is going to be really exciting just to watch more you know my friends and creative people from my world that are in web 2 come into the space I think it's a match made in heaven. So very well said. Thank you for, for your insight on that. Now, just before we uh, we wrap up this space, I want to mention the POAP password one more time. I saw a couple messages come into our inbox asking what the password was. So I'm just going to mention it one last time. All one word. The brand is strong. T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D. I-S-S-T-R-O-N-G. The brand is strong. Feel free to hit the uh, the Google form at the top of this uh, Twitter space, the pinned tweet to open the POAP form and enter the password one more time for your ears. The brand is strong. Now, just as we start to wrap up this Topical Tuesday, this has been such an insightful conversation. Thank you all so much for being here. I want to throw the rock out one more time to each and every one of you on the panel to feel free to shill. To, uh, to let people know where uh, what you're working on and where people can find you and where people can join your community. So maybe I'll throw it over to Chiptos just for a second. Chiptos, after you kind of plug yourself, feel free to throw the rock to someone else. Let's start wrapping this baby up. Hey guys, uh, thank you so much for this. This has been really insightful and, and thank you everyone who's, who's spoken and, and given some insight. Um, you can find us at uh, chiptosnft.com 
our link tree slash chiptos. Um, you can find that in our bio on this account. Our Discord is discord.gg slash chiptos. Our drop, we're actually gonna uh, we're gonna reveal the launch date either today or tomorrow. And so feel free to, to stick around, guys. Our mint will be later in the month. And again, thank you guys so much. And I'm gonna pass it over to Mamba. Uh, yep, you can, uh, I have my own Discord, discord.gg slash mombotworld, and also you can uh, join the Ghost Club, which is discord.gg slash theghostclub. I can take over next. Um, can y'all hear me, sir, mate? Yeah, we, we hear you. We hear you, Doug. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're, we're the Hot Dugs. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hot Dugs NFT. Um, our website is hotdugs.xyz. And you can find us on Discord at discord.gg slash hot dugs. Um, we're minting March 8th. Um, and one speaking of talking about having fun and uh, kind of playing with your brand, one thing that I forgot to mention earlier was that we, during our mint, are going to do our presale a little bit different. Um, so you can hop into the Discord. Um, we're giving out pre-sale to a lot of different communities, um, but our pre-sale is actually timed based on how long it takes one of our fearless devs, Dangy, to eat 10 hot dogs. So throughout the minting event, he is gonna be live streaming, um, and we'll share that link later, um, eating 10 hot dogs. And when he finishes eating those 10 hot dogs, um, that's when we're gonna flip state to the public sale. Um, he'll have a wheel of condiments that we're gonna spin that's gonna choose how he dresses, um, the hot dogs that he eats along the way. Um, and maybe we'll have uh, some special guests uh, on that stream. So stay tuned and check it out. Um, and thanks again for having us. Um, really appreciate all the questions. Very thoughtful. It's been great hearing from all these other teams and uh, really just enjoyed being here. Always. We appreciate it. And you will see us on that live stream. We're, we're coming with hot dogs for ourselves. You know what I mean? So we're excited for that. <laughs> I'll throw the uh, the Rockover Superstars party shirt. Please let everyone know where they can find you and uh, join the community. Yeah, thanks for having us. You can just follow our Twitter right here. Just click on that and follow and join us on Discord at discord.gg slash superstars. Links in the bio. We're going to be in there and chatting. If you haven't checked us yeah. out, we're on TikTok too at party shirt. Also, um, NFT week in LA, we're, we're having a party. So go check out the, the socials and the discord, uh, check out how you can. Yeah. Come March, be a part 31st. Of yep, March 31st. It's, gonna be, it's really going to be dope. It's a uh, West for it. So yeah, thank you for having us. We're uh, yeah. stoked to chat with y'all on the discord. Always. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it guys. Throwing it over to Joe from society. Feel free. Let people know where they can find you. No worries. I will throw it over to Soundman just for a second. Maybe Joe's having troubles unmuting. Soundman, please let people know where they can find you and also join the community. No worries. Um, yeah, our website is soundmint.xyz. Uh, we have Twitter slash sound, at soundmintxyz is our Twitter. Um, and our Discord is discord.gg slash soundmint. Um, you can find us on all those. And my personal social is at benspeaks on Twitter. Beautiful. I just saw you unmute there, Joe, for a second. Feel free to unmute. Let people know how they can join the Society of the Hourglass. Yeah, sorry about that. I got rugged for a minute, chopping in and out. But uh, yeah, we're, we're at Hourglass underscore NFT here on Twitter. Uh, Discord is uh, slash Society of the Hourglass. 
uh, Discord is where where we give kind of first access to sneak peeks, new information. I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, we're gearing up for our Chapter 2 Mint. Uh, so you'll definitely want to be a part of that. Um, jump on in. And yeah, we're getting ready to have some fun. So hopefully we'll see you in there. Beautiful. Amazing. We're really looking forward to that. Feel free, Gabe, G, unmute, say goodbye to all of our friends who are joining us on the panel here today. I just want to say a big thank you for everyone being here today. What a really fun and informative Topical Tuesdays, as always. Uh, this has been a blast. Yeah, great eclectic clue, uh, crew. Excuse me. Um, also, we'll be at uh, NFTLA. I believe we're going to be co-hosting an event with uh, Joe and the Society. Uh, details on that forthcoming, um, but hoping to see some of you there. Uh, definitely hoping hoping to uh, attend the party that was just mentioned here. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. The brand is very strong. The brand is very strong, but that is not the password. One more time, the password is the brand is strong. But I agree with you, G. The brand is very strong, and I think today's conversation is just a testament to that. Listen, folks, thanks for all being here today. We will catch you next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific for Topical Tuesdays. Next week's discussion is very, very close to our heart as we just like to ch chop it up about pixel art. We got a full panel of guests all to chat about pixel art. That's our home here at Belectro Labs, and we are so excited to dive deep with you all on that. So we will catch you all next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you want to listen back to this, feel free to check out our Anchor link, which we'll be tweeting out later on to listen to this Twitter space as a podcast. And without further ado, let's close this baby out. Thanks for being here, all y'all, and uh, we will catch you next week for Topical Tuesdays. GMGNGD, if you're waking up and it's have a great day, everyone. We will see you soon. Thanks for being here with us. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Right. Thanks so much. I love BitLuckTroLab. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank so, you. Appreciate it. everyone. It's all love.